Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. So this morning I'm going to preach on something that's really dear to my heart. Uh, we've been in ministry something like nearly 40 years now, I think something like that. It's been quite a few years. See a lot of people start the journey, not a lot of them finish. Uh, not a lot of them finish it very well, unfortunately. So um, today, um, this is something that God has continued to be renewing in my heart over the years. Uh, it's um, manifested itself very, very differently. It's found different ways of expressing itself through my life over the years. And so today, I really hope and pray that uh, something will be imparted to you at the beginning of this new decade. And we sang an amazing song just before I hopped up, and it was the song around revival, carrying revival, what you carry, what I carry to my li- over my life into the world in which I live today. So I want to pray before we start that, that you will catch something this morning, that the Holy Ghost will anoint what I say today, because it's he who will do the work within you. And we've got to realise that as we serve God, as we walk with God, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within us that does what we want to do. And so it's about reconnecting with Christ at the beginning of this new decade, at the beginning of this new year. And so, Father, today, as we come around the Word of God, I pray for your anointing. I pray for revelation in the heart of those who hear this Word. I, f- I pray today, Father, that fruit would flow from our lives in accordance to revival. Father, let us be carriers of revival. Let us be carriers of something greater than what lays in this nation. But let us be carriers of the presence of the God over our lives that will touch the lives of the people we mix with. In Jesus' name, amen. So the theme for this month is the call. My topic this morning is follow me, following Christ. And so I would like to read two scriptures, and I want to bounce two scriptures together this morning. They're very different scriptures, but they, they're very much the same. So I want to bounce off one to the other this morning as I minister this word. And so the first one is, is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through to 30. A lot of us would know this scripture, and a lot of it is, was the catalyst for coming to Christ. And it says here, come to me, all who labor. Some uh, scriptures say those who are weary and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an amazing invitation that is. I responded to this invitation probably about 35 years ago. I was drunk. We've been married 47 years, um, the other day actually. 47 years, get your head around that. 47. I thought it was 37, but I was told it was 47. You imagine waking up every day to this face for 47 years? It seemed like 47, but 47 years, we had one row in 47 years. And that was the night, it was true, one night I gave my life to Jesus. Drunk, angry, obnoxious, and all of those things that go with that. And I had this need in my life, and I remember coming... Out the backyard, we lived in Marillion Harbour in Innisfail. And, and just getting to the end of myself. Who's ever been there? You're at the end of yourself. And we can be full of theories. We can, you know, we sit down, we know this, we know that. And all you've got to do is say, well, how all that you know, how's it working for you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was at a place where I knew everything. 
but I knew nothing. <laughs> and I was drunk, put my hands in the air and said, Jesus, you've got to come in my life. You've got to do something with me. And that night started a whole new journey for me. A journey of recovery, a journey of not wholeness. I don't know if I'll ever be whole, and I don't know if you'll ever be whole. But a journey of meeting the supernatural, a journey of meeting something that I'd never, ever met before. It began a journey in my life today that is probably stronger today than what it was back then. The same as what Caleb said, you know, 40 years after walking in the desert, and he said, give me the, the land with the giants, and for my, my strength to war is greater today than it was 40 years ago. And what I want to talk about this morning today, church, is that you and I catching something new in the Holy Ghost. Because there's something new for you and I today. There's something new for us to start a new decade. There's something new that God needs to bring upon the peninsula, upon this nation in 2021. I'm sick of hearing about the boundaries that COVID has put upon us. All COVID has done is given us opportunity to see something great happen. Is that right? I don't know about you, but there's something ready to happen in our land. But God is looking for a people today who can grab something and say, what I have today may not be silver and gold, but what I have today will cause you to get up and walk. And that's what he wants to do in us. That's what he wants to do in you. And that's what he did in my life all those years ago. Never forgotten it. Never forgotten it. God, there's got to be more. God, there's got to be more. What's the need point in your life? This first scripture says, come to me all of those who are weary, heavy laden. The world that I see today is a world full of heaviness, a world where people are wrung out, trying to meet mortgages, trying to educate their kids, trying to stay alive, trying to keep their marriage to last more than five years. The average marriage today, five years, for those who will even take the time to get married. Today we're losing 5,000 of our people, 5,000 every year through alcohol. 3,000 a year through suicide. A lot of people, a lot of hearts, a lot of broken hearts there, isn't there? Is that right, church? A lot of broken hearts. Come to me, all of those who are weary. Come to me, those who are labouring. Yeah. My background's engineering. Whenever we heard a, a motor labour, we say, mate, we, we're working it too hard. People today are working it too hard. Yeah. The old saying, you know, if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. <laughs> <laughs> labour. There's got to be something better than what a lot of people are living. Would you agree with me? There's got to be a whole lot better. And I'd say today there's got to be a whole lot better for a lot of Christians today. I love Jesus, but they're not, they're not getting what's there. They're not taking a grab of it. And today, hopefully, this will start a journey for you. So what an amazing invitation. Come to me. This invitation's gone out generation after generation. It's gone out since, since Adam and Eve had to leave the garden. Come to me. Just come to me. Come to me, those who are weary. Come to me, those who are laden heavy laden. The second invitation today and the second scripture I want to talk about, and I want to probably bounce a little bit off the both of them here, and it comes from 
Matthew 4.19, and it says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Wasn't enough for me to get saved. It's not enough for you to get saved. It's not enough for you to live the life of Riley. Heaven's going to be where we go. <laughs> Come follow me and I'll make you. I want to talk about this today. What an invitation. See, salvation, but salvation without living with a purpose to see others saved and discipled is to embark on a journey of lack and disappointment. I've seen so many people give their lives to the Lord only 12 months, two years later come to me bored, fighting with their pastor, fighting with their missus, spending their energy on things that they shouldn't be spending it on. And there's people around them everywhere who are going to a lost eternity. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Christianity is an amazing thing. To, it's, it's not a command. You know, Jesus doesn't say, you must come follow me. He doesn't even say, you must come to me if you would. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to, to, to a glorious lifestyle. It's an invitation to a life of fruitfulness. But I see uh, so often we can live like, you know, we see so many four-wheel drives on the road today, but none of them get off the bitumen. You see them? I see them. I see a lot of boats, you know. Oh, she's a fantastic boat. Gee, she looks good, you know. Nice tinny. 50 horsepower on the back. How does it go? Oh, I've never had it out in the ocean, Dan. <laughs> never had it out in the ocean. Why not? Oh, no, mate. You get it dirty. You get a four-wheel drive dirty. Heavens above. Wouldn't it be good? It's <laughs> so like some of us middle-aged men. We've got all the tools in the world in our workshop. Ever use them? Oh, no, but they look good on the shelf. <laughs> Are we a four-wheel drive that never hits the, the dirt? So follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Born for a purpose. See, Christianity is not a static religion. It's not stationary. It's not inert, imp impotent, or predictable, but a religion with purpose, power, and transformation. That's what Christianity is all about. I lived in religion. I raised a good Irish Catholic family, went to church nearly every Sunday. Didn't see any power. God, there's got to be something in this to transform a life. Would, do you agree with me? Or is it just, just something that is going to fill the next 20 minutes? 10 minutes already got away on me. <laughs> you show me a follower of Jesus, you'll show me someone who's got miracles in their world. You show me a follower of Jesus, I'm not saying someone who believes in Jesus, I'm talking about a follower of Jesus. Come follow me. Come, follow me, and I will make you. The word make means I'm a maker. I'm an engineer by trade. I have a lathe, a milling machine. I have all the gear. I make things. And one thing I know is I get raw material in, and I make something with it. There's transformation. There's, there's welding happening. There's cutting. Off, there's heat involved. There's, there's bending involved. <laughs> you show me someone who's being made... There's some bending involved. 
this transformation. The things I used to do, I do them no more. There's times when you hop in the mirror and you say, I don't know the person anymore because I, I'm a different person. Have you ever done that? You know, Come follow me and I'll make you. I'll make you into something particular. I'm just not going to make you a nice four-wheel drive that never gets off the bitumen or a boat that never sees the ocean. I'm going to make you so that, so that you produce. I'm going to make you, I'm going to form you, I'm going to fashion you. Philippians 1 6 says, Be confident in this very thing that he who's begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of our Lord Jesus. There's days where I hop up and I say to Ian, I don't know this guy. Scares me. Because I've got to go away, a place where I've never been before. I've got to do things I've never done before. I I don't know how to do it. (laughs) That's the life that God embarks us on. And this is what lays ahead of you and I as we look into 2021. We look into opportunity. We look into transformation. We look into miracles. God, of revival. (laughs) I want to carry revival. Come follow me. It's an invitation that went out to Noah 4,000 years before Christ. Went out, Noah, I want you to build an ark and it will save your family. It went out to people like Abraham. Abraham, I I want to do something in your life, through your life, but you must leave your father's house. You must know change. You must know what it is to grow. Because, friends, today where you and I are at, all the technology we have, all the habits we have got, all of those things get me where I am today. But if I want a better future, I've got to grow. If I want to touch new people, I've got to grow. I've got to learn. I've got to develop. Come, follow me, and I will make you. The 3rd of January, the first message of the year, the individual goes, the, the invitation goes out to the individual, but the invitation goes out to a church. It goes to this church collectively. What will we do in 2021? What will we do collectively? What can we do collectively in 2021? See, it's not an invitation to wealth. He doesn't say, come follow me and I'll make you wealthy. He doesn't say, come follow me and I'll make you you famous. Although some are famous. You know, we're just not that important. You know, I'm a life coach and I have people come, you know, I'm waiting on God for the call. I said, mate, you're just not that important. <laughs> Moses was, he got a burning bush. It's not that hard. It's not, it's not that hard. Follow me and I'll make you a fisherman of men. It's, it's not a call to wealth, it's not a call to fame, it's, it's, it's not a call to all those things, but it's, it's a call to purpose. It's a call to purpose, friends. You know, we can live by preference or we can live by purpose. There's two places our energies can go. And today, without Christ in my life, where would I be today? Probably living in some gutter as a bum. I'm just not that good. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I can't read well. I'm not real bright. God's done a work. I remember six months after I went into the ministry, 
And I was walking up the main street of Innisfail and met one of my mates from our youth. And he said, what are you doing these days, Dan? He said, oh, I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. <laughs> he looked at me. He, mate, he looked at me. And you could see the things twigging. He says, do they let anybody become those things these days? <laughs> True. See, it's an invitation to the young. It's an invitation to the old. It's, a, it's an invitation to the educated and the illiterate. It's an invitation, it's an invitation to the stay-at-home mum. It's an invitation to the tradesman. It's an invitation to the politician. It's an invitation to the surgeon. It's an invitation to any person. Come follow me and I'll make you. Oh, Dan, you don't know my past. Well, you don't know mine. <laughs> Do they let anybody become pastors these days? Whoever. 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 Wherever. It's an invitation. To whoever. The call goes out, follow me. Follow me. I ask the next question, so where to? It's a bit like church. They say, take your seats. Well, where are you going? Are you going somewhere? And my next question is to Jesus. Jesus, follow you. Where? Where are you going to take me? I want to know. I mean, I'm not dumb Freddy. I don't think so anyway. But I want to know where. Is it to church every Sunday where I can sing a couple of nice fast songs and sing about revival and listen to Pastor Sam talk about some nice things? Oh, gee, that was a good sermon, wasn't it? Oh, gee, where's he not preaching that again, is he? <laughs> you ever been there? He probably preached that sermon so that you could have an opportunity to bring somebody who didn't know Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Where? He wants to walk with you slowly through the crowd. Where? It's not difficult. Follow me. Where? Through the crowd. If you want to find your ministry, just walk around the crowd long enough and you'll see it. Mother Teresa, she was the school teacher, Albanian school teacher in Ireland, I think. She went to Calcutta one day, walked through the crowd and God spoke to her heart into all the world, into your neighbourhood, to your workmates, to your family. It's not, it's, it's not rocket science. See, friends, we carry something. Do you know what you carry? Do you, do you carry an anointing? I remember my office, I, I was a chaplain in a, in, a, in a big industry and this Muslim man, he was going to get the sack and the bosses didn't have what it took to tell him he had the sack and so they sent him to me to do that job and like they always do and sitting in the office there and this, this Muslim man came down nervous, he knew he was going to get fired and he sat in my office and he just sat back there and he said, Dan, I can feel the presence of God here. To feel the presence. Can you feel the presence here this morning? Come on, tap into it. Can you feel the presence? Because God is here to change lives. God is here to put something over your life and something over my life. 
day and I could feel the presence of God. Feel the presence of God just touching my heart. See, friends, God wants to touch your world through you. He wants to touch your world through me. There's a lot of people out there who are laboring. I remember when I, I retired from local church pastoring, we'd, Anne and I had been doing it for 30 years, and, and my health gave away on me anyway, and I had to, to retire. And, and I went back into the secular workforce. I'd kept all my accreditations alive. and So I went back in t- training leadership and, and training in the area of safety in the mining industry as a consultant for one of the big coal mines. And I travelled, used to travel through New South Wales and, and, and Queensland into the mines and, and training supervisors. And I think I was on a, a third and final warning with God. I, I was pretty cranky with him because he took my bat and ball off me, see. I wasn't supposed to finish in local church ministry and I was still in a place of being messed up and, and obnoxious and everything that goes with that. And, and so I went into the mining and, and travelling around and, and I remember one day, see, I, I thought that ministry was this. Our pastors, they do the ministry. And, and for some strange reason, I think I still had that paradigm in my brain and thought that I had lost it now, not realising that God has many, many, many thousands of ways of manifesting or expressing ministry. And as many as there are people in this earth, there are that many expressions of doing ministry. So here I am, I goes underground and, and, um, and I'm talking to the supervisor about stuff doing with safety and everything like that and if you've been down there, you know how dark it is. If you turn your light off, you see nothing. Can't see the head. And it was as dark as dark as dark. And, and, uh, and this guy started talking to me about um, his marriage breaking down. And here I am fighting with God and saying, look, mate, I'm not here to talk about your marriage. I'm here to talk about the issues of safety. He said, well, Dan, you don't understand. My marriage is breaking down. See, this is the only place he could come and talk. He couldn't talk about it up on top because everyone would see him. <laughs> But see, he was weary. And I started to realise then, hey, there's more to the expression of of, of ministry than than my concepts were allowing me. And I started to find that I was probably more effective in touching the world in my secular job than I ever was probably as my job as a local church pastor. So today, friends, there are people out there And they're waiting for you and I to realise and to take a hold of the call that's over our lives and starting to reach them. You know, this week, Thursday, I'm going into a prison west of Brisbane here and and I'm going to see a young man. He's in there and, mate, he, he did a crime that we all abhorred. But he's in there, he, he's, he's lost. He doesn't know Christ. And he's not going to be able to get help because we as a society are so vocal about our opposition to those types of crimes and and so we should be. But where does he go for help? Where does he go? Come unto me, all those who are weary. See, I've got to be, I've got to do something about that because there's a need. Am I getting through? You're looking at me strange. 
There's a need out there, friends. And God's placed something over my life where I might be able to do something to help this guy. It's not about up here preaching this morning. That's not ministry. Well, it is ministry. You know what I mean? It's about meeting the needs of people. It's about meeting the needs of the lost and the broken. It's about helping someone because you don't know who you're going to help. I've helped people who have turned into, you know, and become pastors of churches and great churches and a result of that one prayer of salvation and leading that person on a journey with Christ. That person has led thousands of people to Christ. But it came down to me realising that over my life I carry revival and I have the ability to see miracles. And you have the ability, and if you want to see miracles, the chances are you probably won't see it in here. You'll see it in the prison. You'll see it in Woolworths. You'll see it out in the parks. You'll see it with your next-door neighbours. That's where it happens. Remember one time I was walking around the shores of Tinaru Dam and up near Atherton, and I saw this couple sitting under a, a, a little shed. And anyway, I just walked up and started talking to them and 10 minutes into the conversation I said, do you mind if I ask if you have a faith in God? Both of them said no. And I, said, and I started just, just talking about God and his love and his goodness. And, and then I asked them the question, would you like to give your life to Christ? And the answer came back, yes. So I led them in a prayer of commitment and met with them a couple of times. You know, in two weeks that man was dead. I got a phone call from the hospital saying we need you to come and identify the body and rah, 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 all the things that go with that. You just don't know. See, you just don't know. Two weeks ago, I had a phone call from a young 16-year-old girl, unsaved, and she's a daughter of a client of mine. And this young girl is suffering from anorexia. She's suffering from a whole range of, of things and She's been to the doctor. She's been to the psychologist. She's, she's been there. She's, this woman said, do you mind if you have a chat to my daughter? And anyway, I said, yeah, no problem. So anyway, we met up and, and so now we, we have a coaching session once a week or something. She said to me, why, why do you want to help me? Why do you want to help me? I said, because you're precious. I said, you're valuable. You know, friends, people are valuable to God, so they yeah. should be valuable to us. Yeah. And the tears just rolled down that young lady's face. She said, have a look at my Instagram account and see if you can see the theme in it. And I looked at the theme. You could see the theme in there. And she spoke very, very loud. This, this, she's weary. And I carry something that can change your life. Come on, you carry something. It's over your life. To walk through Woolworths and follow Christ through, through, through North Lakes and just look at the people eye to eye. And get some social awareness where we say, God, what's happening in that person's life? God, where is that person at? They might put all the nice things on Facebook as we always do. Well, I don't. I don't have an account. But... 
But we only ever put the good things. But where's that person really at? You know, I had a guy, a 50-year-old man, one day ring me up. And, and this guy, he, 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 was, he was the joke teller of the group. You met those guys? Smoko, time around a smoko. And he'd have all the jokes and, and he always had the smile. And, and he rang me up and he said, Dan, can I come and see you? And I said, yeah, great. We'll go down to the coffee club, my local office. And, and next minute, Rob's there and he's bawling his eyes out, swearing, ah, he's crying, my life's a mess and he's bawling. And my, the place has fallen, I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> and you're looking around, you know, and everyone's looking at, ah, Dan, it's falling apart. And he, he, he had bipolar and he's got OCD and he's got everything going, you know, this mate, he looked like he's about to fall, you know, that old toy you play, he's about to fall to bits and he's, Wheels falling off his little red wagon. I said, mate, you, you, you right here, do you need to go to somewhere private? Do you, you're not embarrassed? He said, no, I'm not. I just got to tell someone. And I went, yeah, okay. Where's that? I was thinking about this message and I said to someone, if you met a young lady dropping the kids off at playgroup or school. And you met this lady, and she seemed like a nice lady, and you got talking, and, oh, gee, she's great. And so, seemed to have a nice personality, so you go out for coffee with her, and after a couple of weeks or two, oh, having a great time, you've met her about five or six times, and you're having coffee and have a great chat. You come to a point of saying, you know, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? And she sort of feels she can trust you. She says, oh, well, I'm a prostitute. Would you keep the relationship going? Would we keep it going? What would we do? See, the scriptures say that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I don't like what this young guy did in prison, but someone's got to help him. Mate, I felt like taking him around behind the shed and kicking the whatever's out of him. I really did, because it's a horrible crime. It went on for some time. But he'd lost. And the trouble is, is oftentimes our need brings us to Christ and the need gets fixed, the need somehow gets filled, my marriage gets repaired, my mental health comes better, I give up the addiction and I become a churchgoer. And that's the extent of my Christian life. You know what I'd say to that? Boring. Because church doesn't, the service doesn't have in it what you and I need for fulfillment in life. It's here to equip us to do the ministry. And I love coming here. I mean, Pastor Sam has done some amazing changes in my life. Just being with him, just being around him. But what's the good of that if only makes me better for living with me? 
Are we catching something here today? I, I mean, there's, there's, there's need out there. There's need, you know, I'm a JP. This is one of the easiest ways to get into the world to be unsaved. Go and become a justice of the peace. You know, every month I get a phone call. Can you come and witness a, you know, uh, uh, an advanced healthcare directive or, or a will? And I go into homes with people who have who are, got terminal cancer. Or, you know, a couple of weeks ago I went into an aged people's home, a retirement village, and here's this old lady there, and she's 93, on, you know, on her last probably months of life. And, and go, you know, witness documents and having the opportunity to be able to say to these people, you know what, I'm a, I'm a pastor. If you have any spiritual needs in your life, it's just a matter of ringing me. Now, nine out of ten will say, no, no, we're all right, we're all right. But what about the one? Come on, what about the one? <laughs> because I bet there's a lot of people here today who's never led anyone to Christ. And in 2021 could be that year for you. Come on. Come on, where are we at, church? It, it could be this year. It could be this year. See, someone led Billy Graham to the Lord. One person read Right Hard Bonky to the Lord. And you might lead a Right Hard Bonky. Do you, see, do you see where it's at? Do you see what you hold? Let revival touch us. Let revival flow through me. God, I, I, I got over my life. It can change the world. My personal mission and... <laughs> And when, when I used to do my PIR when I was working for a living, they said, what's your vision? What's your purpose? I said, I want to change the world one person at a time. And, and they used to all laugh at me, but it's still there. Yeah. And I'm still changing the world, just one person at a time. Yeah. Do, do you see that? It's only one person. And it's just about being a good neighbour. Yeah. You know, when I mow the lawn, I mow part of my next door neighbour's lawn. Now he started mowing part of his next door neighbor's lawn. Now he started part, it just moves on, guys. You know, it's about going out and having barbecues with your neighbors. You know, Sharon and Steve, who, who come to this church, the four of us, and I, we, we, we take our neighbors out. We go out and we, we have neighborhood get togethers. And oh, man, they are a ball. But one day someone's going to ask the question Do, do you see that? Someday, if you want to be a, if you want to get gold, you've got to be prepared to dig a fair bit of dirt, haven't you? But you just don't know where that nugget is. And not everybody will accept it. But that's all right. But that's all right. I just want to close with this scripture. Romans 10, 14. Well, you go back to John, you know, and Jesus, the last part of the scriptures in, in, the, in the Gospels. But Peter had, had denied Jesus three times and Jesus didn't hound him. He just said to him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, just feed my sheep, feed my lambs. This is what ministry is. It's not about having a degree in theology. It's just, it's just about the Jesus you know and feed your people. But it says in Romans 10, 14, how, 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 how then shall they uh, call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him who who they have not yet heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Today, you are sent. And there's an invitation coming out to every one of us here today. Silver and gold have I none. You know, we don't have a lot of dough, but by gee, we've got a lot of good people born again behind us. And that's more treasure than anything we could ever ask for. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.